Welcome back to the University of Life podcast. And I got to say, I am really enjoying these podcasts for multiple reasons. First is I, rec- I enjoy recording them. In fact, I went on a long drive a couple hundred miles the other day. And as I went through my podcasts on my phone in my car, uh, my last University of Life one came up. So I listened to that and I was like, I really like that. So I'm excited to do more. But not only that, also it sparks some really interesting conversations, which lead to additional fascinating insights. I think they're fascinating. I think they are useful, like the one I'm going to explain today. But also, in this case, the last uh, podcast about sphere of influence, in which I think I mentioned the national pastime of outrage, led to the honor of meeting, get this, the worst person in Walmart. The worst person in Walmart. If you have seen any of those memes online, about the people of Walmart, you know that this is not an idle competition. There's fierce competition for this. This is no small victory and a very notable title. The worst person in Walmart. You're already imagining what could that possibly be? But before I tell you that story, before I share that with you of how that such a grand and notable victory was won, let me give you a little background on Um, outrage and what what I've been figuring out in these conversations with others. And we're going to see, we're going to apply this to this story of how you become the worst person in Walmart and uh, see what we can learn from that to improve our own lives and our own peace of mind. Because I assume if you are any kind of rational person at all, you don't want to spend a major portion of your life in outrage. If it's not necessary, I mean, if it's helpful, okay. But a lot of times it's not necessary. It's probably not helpful. So here are, this will help you find some ways around that. So here we go, our background. Uh, this morning I went for a three-mile hike through the desert with my niece, Bree, and she's awesome. She's smart and good, kind and good, and, and uh, I just adore her. And we always have, we often have these really interesting conversations. And this topic came up. And we came up with about three possible explanations of why outrage is so prevalent these days. And, you know, is that good, is it bad, what we can do about it? And here they are. I think it's helpful to understand the mechanics of how, why outrage happens so we can better know what to do about it. She told a story of when she was maybe in high school, maybe college, and she hit this point where she just really hated fart jokes. Fart jokes are third grade humor, maybe seventh grade humor. They're just dumb. They're not, they're not really clever either. I mean, maybe there's a good fart joke that's clever. Usually it works off the principle of it's, it's taboo. You're not supposed to say fart. And so when you do, you're like, oh, that makes my brain a little bit uncomfortable. It tickles my funny bone because my brain's trying to figure out, wait, how can we make this okay? That's years ago in college. In fact, I, I once tried to write a, port, a report on humor, figure out what makes what's it made of? How does it work? Why does it make us laugh and enjoy things so much? And I came up with um, eventually, it took me a long time. I didn't find it in the research I was doing then, but I figured it out later. I came up with several things that different types of humor. And one of them is this um, taboo subjects. So anyway, she hated these far jokes. And later she grew up a little bit more, matured a little bit more. And she realized, you know, sometimes they're a little bit funny. And if some kid is enjoying it and it's making him laugh, 
more power to them. Who am I to judge, to be all judgy and say, no, fart jokes are stupid and they're bad and I hate them and I don't want to hear them. They irritate me. That's like what outrage is in many cases. It's just this knee-jerk reaction. So we talked about it some more and we figured out a couple of reasons maybe why that happens. Uh, one she mentioned is maybe it has to do with identity because we had been talking about identity in my upcoming book earlier this morning. And for example, if you don't relate to fart jokes, if you're like, no, I'm more mature than that. You know, that's not me. So that's okay. You don't relate to it. You enjoy, don't enjoy it. That's one thing. But then to get irritated whenever anyone else says it, that might go a little bit deeper. Well, first of all, let's mention that identity is a powerful force. It's one of the most powerful forces in the human psyche. This, as Tony Robbins has a good quote about this, desire or impulse to live according to this image we carry around about who we are. It's just this force making us try to stay true to that. So sometimes when something comes up that we don't identify with, that we think that's not us, it's kind of like if we if we think of that joke and consider it, it's almost like forcing our brain to step outside of who we think we are, and and that can cause dissonance, and it can be and dissonance, of course, can cause extreme discomfort. And so, when you have something uncomfortable, sometimes one way to try to deal with it, to cope with it, is to get irritated and angry at it, and, or and maybe accuse somebody you're stupid or something trying to outsource our negative feelings put them onto someone else's if that will make us uh, feel better so this ties in also to the to the next thing i thought of which is just mere rigid thinking this is should thinking you've probably heard of people talking about don't should on yourself when we when we have this one picture in our brain because not our conscious mind our conscious mind is like super abstract and complex it can handle all kinds of nuance if we allow it if we train it to but deeper than that like our subconscious brain it's very simple and and that's what makes it so great it makes it very efficient in some ways but it has basically it's like a snapshot because it also tends to think in images for its main language and so it has a snapshot of the world and how it is and if something, some new fact or idea comes along that doesn't match our snapshot of what is, we have two choices. We can either take in the new information, assimilate it, adjust our picture of reality, and say, oh, this is another possibility. But that is not easy, and it is not comfortable. Changing your mind is hard in almost all cases, even when it's good news, it's it can have some grieving to let go of your old beliefs and, and stuff. So it is not easy and comfortable. And most people would rather avoid it. So the second option is to take this new information and either discard it, just get angry at it and kick it out and not even listen it to it, or take it and bend it to match our existing reality. So it's, it's so much easier than actually going through the trouble to change your mind even though down the road this leads to a less mature, less wise, less nuanced individual and less informed life and a lot more problems because you're not as equipped to deal with these realities that are out there and you will continue to encounter them. So might as well put in a little bit of work now and, and 
become your best self, live your best life. That's that's why that's our motto at the University of Life, because you will enjoy so much more. You will accomplish so much more. It will be easier. You'll be more popular, successful, all those things you could ever dream of. So rigid thinking, identity, maybe these are some of the reasons why we have outrage. So now I'm going to tell you this story. I really like this story. It's quite entertaining. I'm going to reveal right now that the worst person at Walmart is my very own sister, Nikki. She's, you know what? She's so cool. Everybody loves her. She's always been, ever since college, I remember all of her friends, like she's open-minded and likable and just everyone likes being around her, including myself. So it's a little bit shocking to find out that she was the worst person at Walmart. But here's how it happened. She got to the self-checkout line. You know, there are a handful of registers there. And she goes to scan some product and there's no UPC on it, on the wrapping or whatever. So she tells the little attendant person there, I'll be right back. And uh, she goes back to swap it for one that does have a UPC on it. And she passes one person at that time who's waiting to get one of these registers so she can check out. And she goes back and she swaps the thing out and she comes back. And this woman who was waiting for her to uh, come back, you know, waiting to check out, she's still there. She has let several people go in front of her so she can wait for my sister and crown her with the victorious worst person of Walmart. And here's why. She said, why don't you just zero out your stuff instead of making people wait for you? And my sister is like, you know what, you're the, you're the only person there. It was not like there's a big line. And if I had been in a regular line without the self-checkout, everyone behind me would have had to wait even more. And the lady's like, well, why don't you just tell that attendant person to go do it? Well, that would have taken even longer because she would have to go find it and everything. So it was really not a rational argument. I think you've already caught on. Like, how crazy does it seem to be so indignant that you're standing there waiting to tell somebody off because they didn't do what maybe you valued, you know, courtesy in the way that you expected. You had this thought and they violated it of what you should do. And so you reacted and you had so much um, integrity to your feelings that you stuck around to share them with someone else just so you could feel justified or whatever the case may be. And another funny thing is, she said, you made a lot of enemies here today, but I made a lot of friends. So I guess the friends she made were the people who she shared her outrage with. She's like, that person left her cart there and, and stuff like that. And this is not uncommon, is it? I mean, really seriously self-examine yourself. Do you do this on social media? Do you share your outrage? And do you consider yourself friends with the other people who share that outrage with you? And listen to the last podcast if you want to hear more rant about, is that really how you want to live your life? Is that really your favorite way to build connections? And are there not better options? So, you know, now that you know the full story, you probably get that it's a dubious title. Is my sister really the worst person in Walmart? Or maybe is it this other lady? But if it's the other lady, we had our little discussion about maybe why she's driven that way. And let me add one more values. You know, we have things that we care deeply about and they're abstract concepts, which we then apply to the concrete world. So apparently this woman, one of her values is 
efficiency, perhaps, courtesy. And those are beautiful values. I really love efficiency and courtesy, kindness. It's one of the sweetest things and it, and it blesses lives around you and it blesses you for having it, usually, depending on how you apply it, of course. So basically, she has these things and something triggered her and then she went off on my sister. Luckily, you know, if my sister mentioned, if she had really inconvenienced someone terribly and if she had really been super inconsiderate and unreasonable, she probably would have felt bad because we all have that super ego, you know, that part of our brain that wants to please others and wants to get along. That's an innate part of our human psyche. It's built in. But it, because it was so preposterous, it really didn't bother her at all. Found it a little bit funny, a little bit amusing. But let's let's try and let's not be the worst people of Walmart right now. Let's not judge this woman for her what is it? Shallow thinking, immaturity, lack of compassion, um, snap judgment, just being reacting to her emotions or whatever. Let's have some compassion on her. And that is the first value that I want to point out now that we're finishing up this podcast is that one of the great values to understanding what makes us tick and why we do the things we do is that it helps us understand other people a little bit more. It helps us have a little bit more compassion for them and a little bit more compassion for ourselves as well when we need it, giving ourselves a break. It's kind of like, in a way, this woman, just like all of us, in to some degree, we're like children. We just don't understand everything yet. We don't have it all figured out. We don't always do everything perfectly. I remember living across the street from a park once, and I looked across the street, and there was a mother walking with her child with a little motorcycle toy or something they were riding along on. And the child kind of steered it, and it dropped off the edge of the sidewalk into the grass a little bit. And the mother just started yelling at this child, and I thought, ugh. Oh, how can you do that? How can you expect the child to drive perfectly on the sidewalks? Hopefully by the time they're teenagers, they'll drive very well on the sidewalks or whatever they do. So let's give her a little bit of break and let's give ourselves a break whenever we need it and hopefully learn to be a little bit better. But I'm going to let this podcast introduce this idea of nuance, that there's so much nuance. It's the opposite of this polarized world that I, which I also mentioned in the last podcast, where it's like black and white, wrong or you know, good or bad, really one side or the other, and there's no in between. And there's so many examples of this, so many examples, and it's so important to discuss these nuances so we can really find the reasonable path. The truth is almost always in between. It includes parts of both sides. And if we're not allowing our brains and our discourse to include some of that nuance and acknowledging some of that and making qualifications like, yeah, there are some exceptions or it's, it's etc., then really we're being stupid. And that leads to not your best self and definitely not your best life and not the best world that we all have to share. So let's get some nuance in there. We'll continue to explore that. And uh, I hope you'll subscribe. I hope you'll share this with other people. I hope you find these insights just useful to think about and then apply to your world. And as you do, become hopefully become a little bit wiser, a little bit happier, a little bit more effective at things. And let's be good neighbors and help other people be good neighbors around us. So thanks again for tuning in to the University of Life, youoflife.com slash podcast. And we'll see you next time. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays.